Good morning. Top of the morning, Master James. Top of the morning to you, Swami Sabadana. Thanks, bro. Soon, Sabadana. Mm. The and we do have an upgrade of yeah. some uh, some crystal wear. Crystal wear. Jake did that, I think. Instead of our typical mugs. Thank you, Jake. Mm-hmm. It feels uh, palatial right does, now. Does. Cheers. It's that kind of a day. Yeah, seriously. That kind of a morning. Dang, that, it's beautiful. Yeah, I know. It's gorgeous out. Mm. It actually um, good got me reveling in the uh, the ashram because um, I was out on the beach pre-podcast. I'd normally be there about now, but I was there early to get my hour walk in. And uh, I'd been listening to Huberman, mm. the famed Huberman. And uh, so funny, man. It's just like... He was talking about the importance of getting the sun in your eyes early, mm, yeah, you know, which is first thing you do as soon as the sun rises in the ashram, everyone stops and lines up and faces it. Really? Yeah. And it's not just the ashram. It's like Indian culture. It's just incredible, like how they've known all this stuff forever that I love Huberman. You love Huberman. Yeah. But like he's just dude should just go to India for a while and get all the secrets all at once. You know, yeah, well, I mean? his big thing that, he, <laughs> like, that he's. Uh, really starting to get known for lately. He's a neuroscientist at Stanford and is um, created that acronym NSDR, non-sleeping deep rest, like a type of deep rest. And he mentions it's yoga nidra. Mm. Is it yoga nidra? Y- do- yoga nidra, yeah. Yoga nidra. And, and so he's like, yoga nidra, they've been doing this for yeah. a couple thousand years, but it's yeah. uh, essentially you don't have to fall asleep to have this great sense of you know, rejuvenation. Yeah. But he, yeah, so he is... He's honoring the neuroscience. We, we should get him to India. Be like, why are you doing it piecemeal, man? Just come mm. and learn everything that humanity's already figured out, and then it just save him some time. Right. But it's cool. He was talking about the importance of looking at the sun, getting the sun in your eyes, literally, for activating neurons and whatever. Mm-hmm. That was one point. So I'm like, of course, this is, this is the ashram. This is not just the ashram. It's Gayatri Mantra. Every morning we stand up and <laughs> tat savitur varenyam, the divine effulgence of sun. Like we literally. Pay attention to it every morning as soon as it rises, mm-hmm. which he says. And he happened to say, like, I was watching this YouTube video of him. The other thing he says is, uh, or was saying in this one video I was looking at, was the importance of ladder of walking around, the, letting the senses. He's got this thing, I, I don't know the words, but like some lateral, posi- something about literally taking in the world as it's going by you is this really important thing for students. So, of course, 4.15 a.m., we all get up, we all walk outside, we take a walk, and we go back, sit down. Incredible. Mm. Then he's going on about um, how you should never have caffeine right when you wake up. You should wait 90 minutes. Oh, really? I haven't heard that. Something about adenosine or adenosine receptors, yeah. Something, yeah. Bro, we wake up at the ashram at 4.15, tease at 5.45. Yeah. I'm like, dude. Come on, man. Just Andrew, if you're out there, just come to the ashram. Come to Vedanta Academy. He must have gone, and he's like, he must have gone. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal gonna all this. Stuff. Yeah, and I'm gonna put it in the positioning that yeah. the the West is gonna love, and and yet it is all of those things. So funny. Half kidding, but anyway, we're getting geared up to go back to the ashram. So I'm just getting inspired and just being like, this is crazy. Like India's known everything forever. <laughs> when is when is the yeah everything important? Everything. When is the sun up part? I obviously remember getting up at 4.15, going outside, but what's the... I don't think we weren't doing those at the time because of COVID mm-hmm. when you were there. You were the... You were not... I mean, you were not even technically there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, yeah. the, the it's, it's called Gayatri, Gayatri Mantra, and it's, it's, it's a salutation uh, a prayer to the sun mm. that we do after yoga so i don't think yoga was going on when you were there either the schedule was so abridged because of covid we weren't really gathering as much so it's after yoga everyone the sun rises around then everyone steps outside and does this chant for you know i don't know a couple minutes looking at the sun not like blinding yourself but <laughs> facing the sun and in the evening again I had a few other questions that I was going to uh, toss your way, but this is a really interesting line of, of conversation I'm interested in. 
in a few of these other things that are it's just you know what is old is new again and um and it's just this re rediscovery of the neuroscience that you know i guess so many of us love and require um, studies to show the data to show he's always X. like in a peer-reviewed journal i trust right. it because it's peer-reviewed and right. he goes on about that and i'm like okay well how about five thousand years of peers right who cares there's hundreds of peers their their names swami this swami that rishi this rishi that yeah you, just because they don't have a lab at, at stanford who cares right it, it's peer-reviewed by an entire ancient culture for five thousand years, we're so arrogant, you know. It's, we're so silly in the West. I mean, like, if it doesn't go into my thing, that's if a neuroscientist stuff, from Stanford isn't saying it, yeah. then it can't be can't that. be no, can't no. be great. Yeah, yeah. There is an obsession with uh, science scientists, and yet every scientist will tell you, especially around anything psychologically, these these. Tests are so hard to replicate, or even physically, these, these clinical trials are so hard to yeah. replicate. So that it's like you can't even really trust yeah. the data. But if it comes from someone with a white coat, yeah, we eat it up. Yeah, we eat it up. But it's there's really funny. But there are a handful of things that nutrition are, and all the nutrition stuff too is like. Yeah, let's go are, through a handful. I mean, of it's just like ground, yeah, like groundbreaking. Like like that rich roll is another one we both enjoy and. Um, that fellow, uh, shoot, I can't remember his name, but yeah, that the British nutritionist, Australian nutritionist, oh, okay. yeah, he's super fit. He's a vegan, full, full, like hardcore vegan, plant based guy. And he was talking about, like, with a straight face, he's like, you know, uh, we've understood that if you, if you put a little garlic and a little bit of onion, uh, into your doll, and he didn't say doll, into your lentils, then it helps to bring out the protein. And uh, me and the rest of the Indians in the world are just, <laughs> laughing because like that's how you start cooking dal you put a little bit of oil you put some chopped onions you put some chopped garlic you let it do its thing then you put the dal you know and and also he's saying mixing rice and and mixing this type of carbohydrate with this type of protein makes this rice and dal is like peanut butter and jelly in india mm. <laughs> it's just like it's all good it, um, it's not even, i'm glad that it's great that the world's discovering these things but if you ask me, everyone should just stop and everyone should turn towards India and be like, teach us everything you know, because they already know everything, you know, but it's okay. However, it gets there. Well, to go down this line of a thing, I'd love to go through this. Uh, it's like ancient piecemeal. We're discovering these things yeah. in piecemeal. Yes. And 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 it is a very, very slow and, and somewhat arrogant someone ignorant just or just the way that w another culture needs to discover it um we live in maybe the first non-traditional culture in human history in america mm -hmm. where we have no shared traditions we have no culture really no culture yeah everyone is in their own digital physical lanes of my culture is this my brother's culture is this. Yeah. My parents' culture is this. Yeah. We don't have these shared traditions. It's not, I mean, it, my neighbors to the left and right, I actually have no idea if they celebrate even Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Something that 20 years ago, we'd, we'd at least kind of agree like, oh, but America loves Christmas. It's like, no, no, we don't know about that. Right, Even right. The, the, and I just mean the, the shopping and gift giving mm, version. Mm, mm. Um, th there really is not many examples in human history of any traditionless mm -hmm. cultures where you interact with people at work or on your block <clears throat> and there are no shared traditions. Yeah. Sad in many ways, but mm. we are rediscovering the um, these aspects of traditional cultures. Specifically, India keeps having these, um, these moments of rediscovery and, and the not polyannishly of like everything's great in india hmm. but there are these rediscovery especially in the thousands year old traditions of like oh there's real reason to do that we just maybe forgot and mm -hmm. even their cultures forgot of why yeah but i would love to go through a handful of these things that in the west now we value mm. um 
and and then just to bounce them off. I I know you know not an Indian scholar, but would love to bounce them off of you to see yeah. which ones line up to yeah sure five thousand plus years of philosophy. So um, one would be uh, and and Huberman's a perfect Andrew Huberman's a perfect uh, case study because he's talking about how to optimize your neurochemistry. Yeah, one of the things that he uh, says. A lot right now is is he talks a lot about is this acronym NSDR, mm-hmm. non sleeping deep rest. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, giving people that can't get a nap an out, and mm-hmm. you don't you can sit in a chair in your office mm-hmm. and have mm-hmm. a rejuvenation. What cultural things come up? And he mentions yoga nidra. We t- we just touched on it. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of things from the ashram from India come up when you hear uh, that concept from him of taking them? 20 to 30 minutes of uh, rest, relaxation, rejuvenation in the afternoon that he calls NSDR. I mean, uh, you're right. It's very much there in the yoga tradition already and has been there. So that would be the most obvious thing. What is yoga nidra for uh, listeners? Yoga nidra is is yoga sleep. Uh, If you want to translate it, I guess that's accurate enough. But you basically rest um, for a period of time. Uh, the, the the yoga nidra that I've experienced, you put like a, a heavy blanket on top of you, some sort of weight. Um, Gravity blankets are huge. Huge. On Instagram and Facebook. There's right another now. example. Yeah. <laughs> Gravity blankets. So you have a weight on you. And it's so funny. And they charge like, God, $800 for a gravity blanket. Anyway. Uh, love it. So someone guides you through kind of a relaxing visualization usually, or you got, you guide yourself. But, um, the, uh, the idea is to not fall asleep it, with yoga nidra anyway, not to fall asleep. And I'm not a yoga specialist, but I've just done it from living in various places where they do it. And, uh, it's great. You, your body fully gets that that ideally you get that feeling like when you've woken up from a nap and you're laying there and you're just your body feels like super relaxed almost buzzing you know if you have a good nap so it's like to get yourself into that state without falling asleep exactly why not falling asleep and all i don't remember all that i i don't know i've just Mm -hmm. done yoga i've never really studied it so much um so yeah but otherwise uh I would say less stimulation is is highly valued in the ashram. And and uh, not to make it sound boring, but to to save the energies that you have to keep your mind from being constantly stimulated, which is the problem. Which is why people in offices and wherever, whatever, are needing to like just oh, I just need to stop because it's so hectic all the time. Just do less. Yeah, there's a trend in Silicon Valley called dopamine fasting. There you go. Where like, just chill, stop taking anything in. You know, like uh, turn things off just for the sake of it. Don't read the next thing. Don't watch the next video or whatever. In the ashram, it's super restrained, right? One major part of the ashram, of course, is is the knowledge. I mean, that's the whole focus, getting the knowledge. But a major part of it that's kind of hard to replicate anywhere else, even if you're doing the e-learning course, is that restraint that it provides you if you do it. There's no police. There's no police in the ashram to come and say, yeah, you, you looked at the newspaper or nowadays like you looked at a website or something. But if you want to, if a person wants to maximize their time in that place to, to get a taste for it, one, one great value along these lines is to not get overstimulated in the first place. Why do you need the NSDR or whatever? Because everything is so overstimulated. It's, we're too exposed. We think it's too normal. It, it's normal just to constantly be looking at this, looking at this thing, looking at that thing just for the sake of saving it and not getting agitated as in the first place, not getting overstimulated in the first place is, is where I would find a parallel. Mm. Another one is, and I could do these all day long because it's, it companies will have me come speak on productivity and productivity optimization. And I'll talk about these, these um, 
practices in a kind of a Huberman-esque way. I'll talk about the science behind it, but it's, it. so I'm just interested. We've actually never gone through a bunch of these, you know, surfed around a bunch of these topics. So this will be uh, mm-hmm. fun for me and, and maybe for listeners. Another one that comes to mind is something that I have mentioned on, on Below the Line numerous times is the best advice I ever got professionally or personally was from a, at least I've said this so many times, it is my muscle memory, the advice that I tell entrepreneurs and creators is uh, wake up, Is for, it was from a sleep doctor. It wasn't like, mm. this is how you manage X, Y, or Z. It was nothing specific to do with work, but it was so game-changing for me. Mm. When I was 26 and it was a sleep doctor that said, wake up every morning at the same time. Yeah. And when you do that, it sets your, again, this is the Huberman-esque uh, this neuroscientific yeah. re- reason of yeah. sets your yeah he definitely talks about this your circadian right yeah. your circadian rhythm is a twenty four hour cycle and so you you set it at the right time or the same time each morning and your body knows to release cortisol fifteen minutes before you wake up da right. da da right, right. but does that spark any thoughts oh you? sure I mean uh, everything is it should be standardized and the ashram in particular is clearly that we have a daily schedule it's not like and on saturdays like take a break no this is how to live how to live every day of your life and it's not about just come and do the three-year course and no if you're if you're there for the right reason you're there to set a pattern for your life so that you're so that the 4 a.m should be as comfortable to you as noon you know the only way it's going to get comfortable and the only way it's going to get uh, routine, uh, uh, routine in the positive sense, is if you if you do it repeatedly. Uh, even in the sixth chapter of um, the Gita, Yoga of Meditation chapter, he talks about the one of the most important prerequisites to meditate for a person who's capable of that is to have a uh, a seat of of your own. In other words, have a fixed place and time that you're so comfortable with that you don't notice it. Otherwise, you're going to be meditating on whether this pillow is right or whether that window is going to shine or is the refrigerator making a noise. Mm. At 4 a.m., you hear everything. You'll hear the lights buzzing. You know, that you'll hear so much more because everything's so quiet and you're so much more alert. Everything is so much more sensitive, which is the whole point of that time. It's so much more tender. So even going back to the Gita, it's there. You you have got to develop a regular seat, asana. It's called, a, including it, not just a seat, but uh, a place where where you are, what you wear, what you're sitting in, how you're sitting, what you're sitting on. Everything has to be so uh, absolutely set and comfortable for you that you don't notice it. That's the point, right? Like. It's like uh, if Steve Jobs would wear the same thing every day. He's famous for it. People just talk out about of your way. Now. Yeah, it's just out of your way, you know. Uh, so waking up for sure, because that those hours have to be uh, totally comfortable to, for you. Um, when and you the, eat, and the sleep doctor told me she said, and none of it, none of this is hard. What is beautiful about at least the ones in my mind? I'm sure there are others, but none of it it ends up being the most natural thing to do. Yeah. That was her advice. Yeah. It wasn't uh, do this and you'll be better for the discipline. And still it's like, no, do this because this is your nature. This is how yeah. you're built to function. Yeah. And it, you're swimming upstream to do to yeah. wake up at 6, then 9, then 11, then 9, then yep. 8.30. Yeah. Swimming upstream. And she, it, she said, do it for eight days. On day nine, you won't need an alarm clock. And totally. You just wake, it just wakes you up. Absolutely. Your body takes over. You become, it becomes secondary, second nature. Mm. Um, when you eat, when you don't eat, uh, these are all equally important for the sake of digestion. Ramatirtha said, light food and good digestion is half the truth of God. Mm. Our, our Ramatirtha. Tell, tell us more. I mean, it's just, if not, you're going to be um, bothering about how your digestive system is working. That'll mess you up right quick. Huberman says, uh, yeah. do not eat a huge meal before bed 
because it'll it'll decrease your sleep quality significantly to be overstuffed. Yeah, and whatever it is, your system should be allowed to get into a rhythm. When you go to the bathroom, Americans don't talk about all this stuff. Like, this is something that was remarkable in India the first time I got there. Like, what the heck, you know? It's like this is the time to go to the bathroom. You know that that's the time. What are you talking about? And Americans are never taught this kind of thing. The morning is or what? what yeah, is? yeah. First, like at some point in the morning, if people have people. It's too much detail. I don't want to get. I'll be careful, but there are certain times that people go and their system knows. And if it's not like that, you're messed up. Mm. And these things should all be. Um, these things should all be streamlined. Not only that, everything: what you eat, what you sleep. When you study, what you study, how you, everything should be absolutely streamlined. Otherwise, you're constantly, your system and your mind is constantly having to figure out what to do next. Can mm-hmm. I do this next? And it's just, it's a distraction, if nothing else. Another one that comes to mind is the discovery of, oh, this is going to be fun because there's just, we won't have enough time in this episode. But mm. um, the discovery of, of prolactin. Uh, so dopamine is the neurochemistry of wanting. Like you never actually satisfy. It's like what we chat about uh, gratitude and desire recently in a, in a clubhouse episode of just it's uh, it's like a fire. The fire never says, okay, I'm full. I'm going to go out. It has to be put out by something. It is insatiable. Similarly, dopamine never reaches this point uh, of like, okay, we're good. It actually just, it is the the neuroreceptor of more Mm. and as you activate it um this is the reason for dopamine fasting as you activate it your body is going to know once we have have uh, seen an apex of this dopamine coming in we're going to release prolactin to uh dial us back down to to baseline prolactin being a tech a literally depressing neurochemistry or neurochemical to get us back to baseline. Mm. So it it is, there is no neurochemical like just up and to the right forever. Mm. Your body is like, no, we need to get back down to a baseline mm. for probably a whole host of real biological reasons, but just going mm. to uh, the philosophy mm. reminds me of, well, actually, I, want, I don't want to prime it. What, no, what, what does, does it remind that, you of? Dvandvas, the mm. world of opposites. Mm. Um that it you cannot have hot without cold you cannot have pleasure without pain whatever you are seeking uh to quiet the mind Mm. to distract you from the mind whatever that is Mm. ice cream career success and 10 million dollars or anything Mm. and everything in between Mm. um whatever jolt you get Mm. your neurochemistry the the universe is built to bring you back down to a baseline And it, you hear this with with peers and friends that go hardcore mm. at an EDM festival, mm-hmm. and uh, what do they call it? It's uh, it's like uh, Tuesday morning, or it's Tuesday blues, or something. Mm. It's like you you take drugs that'll hop you up. There will be the come down, mm. and it is inescapable. Yeah, sure. I mean, these are all physical effects of of the mind. So, you know, Vedanta is... uh, The body is a projection of the mind, is a manifestation of the mind. For whatever that means, doesn't matter. It is. It's not... It it per se has no experience. These chemicals have no experience on on their own. Mm. They're all effects... Of they are they are gross uh, material manifestations of the subtle mind of the subtle body. So obviously there will be there will be a, a, a reflection, and the mind just doesn't work that way. The mind gets neutralized. The mind will not. Uh, it will take more and more to get the same amount of pleasure from uh, the same contact over and over again. So the first time you ride on an airplane, you're so high. You know, <laughs> no pun intended. Second, third time, it's it's less cool. After a while, it's just a bus that you can't wait to get off of for most people mm-hmm. who don't love airplanes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that. 
They just die. Like, get me off this thing. I mean, you're sitting in a lounge chair at 50,000 feet or 30,000 feet going. Not having to do anything. 600 miles an hour watching, you know, TV. What the hell is that? It's like remarkable. And people are annoyed that they have to be in that situation because it stopped having the, you don't even remember the first time probably, most people, mm. at least in America, when they fly. There's no kick, you know. So the mind is like that. The mind is subject to neutralization. It's just an observation. It's a law in Vedanta that sense objects, sense contact, sense pleasure has diminishing value. So, of course, it's re- the brain reflects that. It's not caused by the brain. Mm-hmm. It's not that way. It's not that the chemical makes that happen. The chemical is a reflection of that happening. Mm. Yeah, we're, maybe we're 100 years from discovering that. <laughs> quote unquote discovering it. rediscovering rediscovering yeah um that's a bit of a curveball for for any that aren't interested in that you can uh what does swami say you can shelve that idea yeah shelve it and but the um another one is well actually do you mind telling do you mind expounding on the world of opposites a little bit for our listeners and what what that means it's not world of opposites. World is opposites. I mean, we do say world of opposites, but it's actually the world is opposites. They are, the world is composed of dwanduas. So, uh, I don't know. For some reason, I always think about the fact that the Maldives, the island chain south of India, which is one of the most crazy, beautiful places on the planet, if you can visit. I mean, just remarkable, um, transparent, clear water, these islands within easy boat rides from each other, paradise, thousands of islands, really good surf for like, I think the last 800 years it's been, um, Islamic, but for like a thousand years before that, it was a Buddhist kingdom. (laughs) So funny. And so I, you always think about the guy who's like the middle guy, 500 years in, like the 500 year old in, you know, Buddhist king. That's as close to as like in my, in my view of like a fixed world of perfection as, as you can imagine. Like they're all Buddhists. They're just being, doing whatever they're doing, living this crazy life in paradise, being peaceful and Buddhistful and whatever you know. cleared the trees hundreds of years of building the temples oh everything's established it must be crazy you know perfect weather all the time i don't know i just bring it up to be like and yet that's really not actually what the world is that's just like this idea that we we even like myself thinking back on it i'm like it must have been just perfection every day everyone just woke up and were meditating and contemplating and being noble buddhists and you know living in paradise and it's a Shangri-La. Mm. You know, it's a Shangri-La idea. On top of the mountain, behind that foggy bank, there's this perfect Eden. It is no such thing. That's the point. I'm making fun of myself for thinking of it that way. There's no such thing. There is in the world, the world is opposites. There will be the invader. The invader will come. And they did. And they will turn it up op- the opposite of, of what it was. I don't mean to get, you know, one religion over the other, but whatever Mm. Um, the world is pairs of opposites it has dark and light it has joy and sorrow it has profit and loss Mm -hmm. Um, yeah without time stamping our day I mean let's just say the stock market goes up and down Mm -hmm. oh my god I won't say which way it's going in this mysterious no time of the podcast we're in right now, but holy cow, you know, stock market goes up and down. If you expect only one way, you're going to be really stressed out human being because mm. half the time, if not more, the world is not lining up. The best company in the world of the last 20 years, Amazon, look at that graph. Mm. Mm. If you took temperatures each day. Oh, yeah. It is up and down. There is no straight line. Yeah. There is no yeah, yeah. straight line. In fact, if you really, and if you zoom out in that uh, the Buddhist um, example, you zoom out of any company, it is up and then down. It is the bee's knees and then it's out of business. Yeah. the And it reminds me of the Taoist uh, concept of the yin and yang. 
and that it's not meant to be a flat circle. It started as, I bet you know this, it started actually as um, the line at the top of a mountain, of a a light side and a dark side. Mm. You draw a circle, you can draw a white circle, you can draw a black Mm. circle, and everyone knows the yin-yang symbol. Mm. But if you look from above of a mountain, you cannot have the light without the dark. Right. And it's when we flatten it that we, and, and forget that that S, that that curve is actually meant to be the ridge of of a mountain hmm. that you think like oh hmm. it's just a concept that there's light and dark it's like no there yeah. is a yeah. mountain cannot have one side it, you there yeah. are no one-sided mountains absolutely life is the constant uh fluctuation of opposites hmm. it is the world is the pair of opposites there's no realm if if there's no pair if there's no opposite to whatever you're experiencing or whatever is going on you're not in the world which one of my favorite lines from the Gita, that which is sweet in the beginning is is that which is nectar in the beginning, depending on the interpretation or the uh, translation, that which yeah. is nectar in the beginning is poison in the end. That which is poison in the beginning is nectar in the end. Mm. It's uh, that in that that uh, world of opposites or world is opposites framework. After maybe, I don't know, two years or three years, it started to just, especially with that line, it started to hit me of like, okay, if this tastes sweet, mm. metaphorically or literally, uh, if feeling like I want to jump into social media, mm. uh, the news, mm. if I want this dopamine hit, mm. there is going to be this cost to it. Mm-hmm. There's going to be something on the other side mm. to it. And it's uh, and it actually... It's a, Good segue to, and, and for listeners that are like, who's this Huberman guy they keep talking about? I think he started a podcast about a year ago, but he's a really well-known neuroscientist that is almost like the carrying the baton from, um, from um, Tim Ferriss, maybe, mm-hmm. and, but more science. Mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss was kind of just a, ha- a life hacker, and mm-hmm. here is a neuroscientist. I'm sure there's going to be some- Tim Ferriss is done, huh? He kind was. of. Well, what's interesting is he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> the way you're talking whole, about it is like. Well, kind of. He's, on, on Wikipedia, it's like Tim Ferriss was. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> he kind of went the way is he retired from investing, does far fewer podcasts, uh, is gone much more on the philosophical. Oh, he's he's graduated beyond. He's graduated. This is the way to cure a hangover. With oh, he used flow. to do more of the hack oh, stuff. Oh, so much. Oh, okay. He's famous for it. And then now he's. I've like, never really. Yeah, this was maybe seven, eight years ago. He's like, this is how you cure a hangover. Before you go to bed, do this, this, this. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, and then now he's like, here are Marcus Aurelius's I see. meditations, and yeah. it, here is the philosophy of Stoicism. He needs he, to go a little more east. Right. I think he's on his way. <laughs> Honestly, it's... Uh, as they do. As, as they, they track do. back. I mean, Huberman, he'll bring out things like pranayama. Okay, so another one is... Uh, breath work, breath yeah. work, so hip right now. Yeah, what right comes now. to mind? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> That's now. just funny. In California, it's just funny that it's that it's right in the now. West. Yeah, it's not right now. It's thousands and thousands of years old. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's basic. It's like this is just something you do to maintain your the the system. It's not the be all end all. It's great. I mean, I just laugh like in the. I mean, uh, anyone who has a regular yoga practice traditionally will have some pranayama going on. You know, the Gita talks about uh, this. this and pranayama being that is breath work. Breath that work. Is the yeah, Sanskrit. I mean, yeah, it's been there for thousands of years. It's in the Gita. It's everywhere. It's just normal. What is a pranayama that I think Swami's talked about? He's he's like yoga and and mm. hatha yoga and pranayama, like physical yoga and pranayama. I've done it every day of my life for 60 years, yeah, but it's yeah. 20 minutes or something. He's he's like, it has its amazing place. I've done it, it has every amazing day, place. But in the ashram, we, there's pranayama in every yoga session. We have yoga every day in the ashram, and there's pranayama at the end, okay, different so, ones. You yeah, know? What, are, what are some for? I mean, uh, there, there's just there are different ones. There's, there's ones that are, you know, I mean, not getting too into it, but, you know, your abs moving back and forth, like Kapalabhati, 
and the one that you do this one and hold one and four and two and one and four and two, you know, all these nostrils. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, I forget the name of that one. Um, but this is just something you do to maintain your physical body. That's it, you know? And okay, your mind may relax a little bit while you're, but that's, people think that's the cause that if I didn't do Kapalabhati, like what, uh, what's his name? Iceman. Hoff. Hoff, Hoff, He's like, I've I've discovered this new breathing thing. He's like, okay, bro. And and that's, that's what he said. He was in India for a long time learning all this stuff. And I, okay. He might've tweaked it a little bit, but this whole like, copywriting thing so i can take my breathing technique to market it's just uh it's it's just small you know it's just small-minded instead of like oh i've got a little piece now i'm gonna go put it in a box and sell it to the world why not just share the fact that there's all this ancient wisdom everybody and everybody should learn it what that's the spirit of of vedanta is here it is for the world you know, mm. why are we doing this? You know, Wim Hof is basically doing Kapalabhati. It's a just a, your abs up and down sort of pulsing breathing thing, which is great for heating your digestive system and clearing things out and uh, draining your lungs fully and of carbon dioxide, whatever. But these are just physical things. They may, they may be conducive for your mind to relax, but the, the, the problem is people get into that and stretching and they think I'm spiritual, I'm done. Mm-hmm. This is the problem. We're not. A, that's the point. No one's against any of this. You in the ashram will be doing yoga every day. You will do all these things. Mm-hmm. Not against it, but the place the that people put it in terms of the hierarchy of spirit spiritual needs <laughs> to borrow something from you know is that's where it's it's off. It's just it's just wrong. You know, even like uh, Nauli, for example. What's that? Nauli is, uh, okay, you've seen the guys sitting and they pull their stomach in and they oh. make it go. Mm-hmm. I do Nauli every day. Our brother Glenn taught me to do Nauli, you know, I don't know, 15 years ago in the ashram. He was like, hey, man, check this out. And I'm like, whoa, what do you do? How do you do that? And it's amazing. It, it, it massages all of your internal organs. Like everyone should do that. Not only that, it's aerobic also. It exercises your heart just standing there, you know. But like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, you'll see postcards in India with a guy doing Nali and it's for Westerners to buy and be like, I'm like, mm. it's just, it's, it's just an exercise. It's mm-hmm. just your body. Like it's, it's something that you take care of that needs to be taken care of so that you can do the real work, which is with your thoughts, with your ethics, mm-hmm. with your higher values, with your attention on consciousness but you can't sell 45 dollar tickets <laughs> yeah if you're like come sit at a desk quietly and right let's all read this paragraph now pause right and now let's read another paragraph like no one's interested even the talks have to be like wah, wah, wah. right you know if it's just basic plain knowledge you're right, it doesn't sell, you know. But if people are like, whoa, if I can suck in my stomach and do it, turn it this way and turn it that way. I mean, big deal. I could do it right now, but I'm not going to. But I, <laughs> Off camera right after. You know, but like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's like. Well, and it seems similar to asanas and, and physical yoga. Mm. Of it is, it is, I, I like that term of hierarchy of spiritual needs. Like it is, and that's actually something that, that is, becoming more and more well just to close that thought off it's phenomenal for um like my lower back yin yoga was told oh yin yoga do yin yoga i think i'd mentioned on the podcast Mm. two years at the beginning of lower back pain i search high and low on everything mris surgeons uh Mm. physical therapists osteopaths and, and then an osteopath genuinely did help immensely yeah reading book after book on uh mind body connection going to see this doctor this doctor uh trying to cut out gluten trying to cut out sugar trying to and and these things did help in in their own respective ways but then this osteopath helps and uh amazing this doctor helps and then she says you really should try yin yoga to maintain this Mm. and i was like oh 
my friend was telling me about that. A, a doctor friend was telling me about, but he was a psychiatrist. So I couldn't believe a psychiatrist mm. telling me about yin yoga. Mm. Two years two years ago, and I didn't pay that much attention. It's so simple. It's like 10 minutes. It's great for the lower back, great for the body, which I, I don't want to discount that, but very low on the hierarchy mm. of spiritual or mental needs even. Mm, yeah. But in the... Um, the but it, and it's also just like that's it deserves its place during the day yeah and i wouldn't trade it for it's so beneficial that yeah. i'm like oh it's so great and yeah. yet it is like drinking water yeah i'm not going around telling everybody this is all you need to do that's the rub that's the rub does that's the problem does um and there's been this especially in the last 10 years large trend within silicon valley and it's executive coaches that are saying, get a trainer. Yeah. You've got to keep, you have to exercise. You've got to uh, mm. take care of your body. Um, True. Where does that fit into the spiritual path? I mean, the Upanishads themselves say, keep your limbs firm. Really? Yeah. The Upanishads talk about it. Dude, you don't hear any sermon on... Yeah. At a pulpit. Right, right. At a Christian church. Right. Saying. Right. Keep, yo, keep your keep limbs, your limbs strong, strong and firm. Yeah. The Gita, like I said, especially that meditation chapter, he says uh, the the breath should be equalized, not too much, not too little. Don't eat too much. Don't eat too little. Don't sleep too much. Don't sleep too little. All of that is is addressed in these ancient texts, but only as as like, it's like getting the car ready for the road trip. It's like, is the windshield fluid topped up? Has the oil been changed? Is your air filter clean? You know, are the whatever, whatever all the fluids are required. Um, that's the value of it. it. It's not no value. Like I'm not, I'm about to drive. Well, when I drive around long distances, I'm not going to just jump in the car in, without having it checked out, you know? That has to happen. So if you're going to drive a few thousand miles, you need to check out the car. Valuable, essential even. Mm -hmm. But a tiny percentage of the whole point, the bigger point, is the journey, is the trip, is the destination. But if you just get caught up in uh, fixing cars, dealing with the vehicle all the time, this is the, this is the most, problem. I think most high performers are on the other side where they don't think it's essential. They're like, no, yeah. seven days a week got to be in the office we're gonna and i mean that's yeah well i mean i guess in that context i was more talking about in terms of the spiritual path if you if if you lose track of the actual thing you're here to do mm. and just get caught up in the vehicle that's the objection but look no further than swamiji for for value on on fitness uh it's almost funny but he always it is funny actually he says he he insists in all the biographies that it we list as one of the bullet points that he's got the same waist and weight for 70 years mm. and, you know and and i mean it's it's like self-realized master author of 12 books uh lecturer f to the world for 45 years chief acharya of vedanta academy since 1988 all these great things you know and then it's like same height, same weight and waist for, mm. you know, and, and it's it kind of be like, ah, it's like so small. And he's like, that's the most important thing. That's what will get these people to listen, you know. Same wife for 60 years. He always, that's the other one he always says. Mm. They, they don't care about that stuff. They want it. This will be interesting to them. And it's true. People are just like, my God, really? You still wear the same pair of pants that you wore in 1965? How is that at 94 years old? Huge. So he, he's out jogging. He's doing yoga with us or the was. The gym's pretty badass at the ashram. The gym's fact, that's, amazing, yeah. That's a photo. <clears throat> Cheney was looking at a photo of the gym. She's like, this is a nice gym. It is a it's great like, well, gym. It's, it, yeah. it, I didn't use the words essential, but that is yeah. that is exactly what you're there's saying. A, of it's, There's it, a great it gym. There's a great jogging track. The The whole thing about the ashram is like, get fit you know you need it otherwise it's going to get in your way the vehicle will get in your way now look there are what's an example a specific example where the 
vehicle gets in the way. I mean, if you have terrible digestion because you eat horrible stuff all the time, uh, you're not going to be able to study. That's how it gets in the way. You're not going to be yeah, able lower back pain. Yeah, you're not going to be able to sit and study. You're not going to be able to function. You're you're going to be distracted by that bad stomach all the time, or or whatever it is. Mm. Um, yeah, sure, lower back pain, or um, you don't do your neck exercises and you study too much, and all of a sudden you're in bed with that. Yeah, I don't know. You don't clean your teeth. You have a toothache. Oh god! Try to study with a toothache, man. Mm-hmm. Good luck. So clean your teeth. Spend the, your 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 oral regimen should be like twenty minutes a night, not like nothing. Nobody right. I remember like, you telling me for my body it should be three four hours a day. Yeah, if, like go overboard on taking care of your. You should take care. Yeah. And and I can I can hear listeners that were like me three four five years ago. They'll be like, ah, oh, no, no, Joseph, that's okay. Cool. Let's get to the really important stuff. And and it was years before I. I mean, that's also just arrogance of youth, right? And But things stop stop working as well. Yeah. And if you put them in uh, the position to optimize the vehicle for as long as possible, you'll win. I mean, you'll have that vehicle till the end. And um, yeah, I mean, just keeping it there. I mean, Swami's example is remarkable. I, I, we used to take it for granted. Now, now he's 94. He's had a few health issues. He can't. He's not out on the jogging track with us anymore. But I mean, I remember when he's like 75, and I didn't even. I just thought of him as like me, and I'm 25. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like walking with him, he's and he's built, right, built he's, guy. Yeah, I mean, absolutely fit. You know, and traveling the world like it, it's crazy. Six international trips a year. There's no way to do that if the vehicle's not working. And and uh, People either go completely overboard or, and it's just like exercise all day, twice a day. And, you know, to the point where they have to get surgeries and get things replaced because you're jogging 800 miles a week or whatever it is, you know, or they don't do anything at all, often in the name of spirituality. So in the name of spirituality, I'm not my body. I'm not this. It's just laziness. And people think they're being detached from the body. They're not being detached. They're being lazy. Mm. It's all. Are you, I mean, it's almost like a cliche. The the friar that has the massive belly. Totally. That's preaching. Totally. Uh, at, on the pulpit. Yeah. To the congregation. Yeah. Because he can't indulge anything else. So he indulges the mouth all the time. Mm. There has to be fitness. There, there has to be. In the Upanishad, it says, keep your limbs firm. Not for to be in a magazine, not to be the leading man, not to be a star of your own private rom-com, nothing like that. To, to keep the body out of the way. The health is when you don't notice your body. Mm. That's health. When everything just happens like a 15-year-old. Yeah. And you don't even know why. The most comfortable belt is the one you don't even realize is it. It's, you don't notice is on. The moment you notice it, there's something wrong with your body. If you feel something, we all know up. Oh, it's a signal. It's like a it's like a warning light on the dash. Oh, I felt that thing, or I felt that thing. I mean, something's out of balance. We got to take care of it. You mentioned what what do you do it for? Um, you know, it's not what we do. It's uh, what we do it for. What is the reason? Like, what is that ultimate reason just for the explicitness? To realize the self. Yes. That's Love it. it. <laughs> Love it. That's, that's what you're here for. And or to move in that direction, if not to do it. That's what we're here to do, is to move in the direction of the self and ultimately to realize it. And if we're, if we're distracted by the body, we're not going to be able to put our thoughts on the self. And if you don't put your thoughts on the self, you will not reach it. Mm. it's that easy getting to the mind side of things uh another thing that's hip right now is 100 no's practice 100 no's each day saying no i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna eat that i'm not gonna uh check that social media i'm not gonna uh, distract myself and trying to get to 100 no's and uh you know start with 20 then try to get to 30 then try to get to 40 fast intermittent fasting perfect example of like saying no um that and then maybe tied to cold plunges, you know, really hip right now. 
where would that fit within um, within Vedanta or the philosophy if it if it does? I mean, uh, yeah, restraint is austerity, and restraint is crucial. Save the energy for something higher. Tapas, not tapas like Spanish food. Tapas is a Sanskrit word means austerity. Austerity is crucial for the spiritual path. But equally important is striving for a higher ideal, having a higher value to to reach. Then it's not, I mean, yes, there are certain things we should practice austerity. Like, let me not just expend all my energy watching Netflix all the time or whatever. I don't know. Whatever we do to waste all our time, that some of that should be restrained. But Vedanta emphasizes taking up the higher, mm-hmm. not so much. Yes, I mean, what is the ashram? Ashram is a a million no's every day. We're just we're saying no to the whole world. Forget like uh, these little hacks. Your whole life. I mean, if if done properly, and you really sign up and do the three year course at the ashram. If you do it well, you've turned your life on 95% of everything you usually pay attention to. Everything. Which is great. But what's more important is that higher goal. When you have a higher goal, those things fall off by themselves. So instead of trying to force oneself to restrain without any reason or without knowing why. And it's not an all or nothing thing. 0.001% might make it to the ashram, but... yeah. All of this moves in this direction you're speaking of. There should be a higher goal is the point. The emphasis is always on the higher ideal. That's the thing that will actually give us power to govern these things. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just like, for one month, I'm going to hold it. I'm not going to eat hundred chocolate. A day. Gonna, yeah, for no- but then I'm going to blow it all out right. because I'm, or whatever. That's not the, the, the spirit. The spirit is to grow out of that entire level of interest by getting focused on the higher thing. So you forget yourself. It's not so much about like this whole, uh, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that, I'm not, that it can become quite self-indulgent. Mm. It's the opposite. It makes you more like uh, militant about your austerity in some weird way. That, that doesn't, if you're focused on the higher, you'll just um, naturally grow out of things. And yes, certain things that are, truly in the way you'll say no i'm going to just cut that off because it's it's a unnecessarily unnecessary vent of my energy Mm. yeah there's a i that's so worth underscoring of like just doing a hundred no's for just like okay i'm going to be i'm going to discipline myself i want to prove to myself what a terrible plane to work from of like uh, i'm going to prove this to myself that i can do it such a sad implication that you don't trust yourself right such a sad sad implication that it's like i'm gonna prove this to others yeah i'm gonna get this physical physique till i'm gonna shed 50 pounds to show i can do it i can do it i'm gonna show others what a yeah it's a sad place to say okay they don't trust me now i'm gonna prove them wrong sure or but, yourself i mean either or way. yourself right yeah. it's an awful plane to work from but when you tie in um knowledge of like Oh, when I say no to these things, then it is, it's even better when I do say yes, even more so when it's like, oh, when I work out Mm -hmm. and I've noticed this, I completely, uh, I did not pay attention to my physical health for 15 years since Hmm. high school basketball. And with two little kids and getting older at 36, it was at 34, my lower back started to hurt. It really disrupted. every aspect of life mm. work study uh mm. parenting and as the kids got older it was just the needs on the body were growing as yeah. my body was deteriorating yeah and when i started to pay attention to it it's this one of the reasons that i now find myself like craving working out uh because mm. i i'm on that other side of those eight days yeah, of, yeah. Uh, you know waking up every yeah. every day at the same time it's like the internal alarm clock is like oh you should be uh, working out. Part of it is the first layer is just selfishness of I'm going to feel better. Second mm-hmm. layer is, wow, this is uh, useful to my family. 
Mm. I'm more useful to those around me mm -hmm. with this kept in check. Same thing with this, uh, get to that 100 no's sec. But then the third level is, wow, things are just smoother. Yeah. It's not just uh, I can be more helpful, but it's just my mind is a lot quieter. I'm not yeah. thinking about moving in our conversation right now. I haven't mm. thought about my back once. Dude, mm. our first few episodes, mm. I was moving. I was moving the chair back, uh -huh. and it was maybe 25% of my mind. Mm. Um, and and the, the list goes on. But when you tie into the uh, attaching to the higher and the lower falls away, even in the mundane, like cold plunges, once I learned it, it was going to improve my immunity, yes. uh, improve immune system. And yes. I'm like, oh, eight minutes of discomfort? Yeah. To not get a cold for eight days? Yeah. F yeah, sign mm -hmm. me up. Mm-hmm. And it is in that knowledge, it is in that wisdom, and then you feel great, moves yeah. from just information in my head yeah. that I'm hearing from someone else to true wisdom, yeah. um, experiential wisdom. And then I'm doing that you know, so often because of this higher reward, this, uh, yeah. that it was so obviously so unbeknownst to myself and, and many, many of us without that mm. higher knowledge of do this for your immunity. Do this uncomfortable thing. What is you know poison in the beginning is nectar yeah. in the end. Um, there's there's so many of these that I could uh, <laughs> ask you about. Um, we'll probably just pause it there because we it's the good length of a, uh, it's a good length for for the episode. Um, but are there any any other touchstones that we should mention within this? within this realm of everyone's almost just piecemealing. It's like you got a meditation app here for the stillness during your day. You've got mm. a breathwork app. You've got uh, cold plunges. You've got... So many. Early morning. Wake up early. Yeah. But why? Casper, the, the yeah. best-selling lamp that helps wake you up to help you wake up early. You know, this is better, classic. More, more smoothly. This is pure Gita. It's all about the early morning. <laughs> mm. For example, and and Vedanta's got a very detailed analysis of why and how it affects your mental temperaments to expose your, yourself to those hours, when to be awake, when to not be awake. It's getting a lot more discussion now, but has been there for thousands of years in the in the Gita, particularly. One last one that comes to mind is uh, for preventing alzheimer's they're saying for uh for people advanced in their age to do more things <clears throat> that are new for them yeah to go into the unknown mm -hmm. brush their teeth with their left hand yep commute to the store in a different route that you're used to going to uh and question everything don't take things for granted right yeah learn new stuff lean yeah. into the unknown yeah sure 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 all right, Joseph. All right, man. That's good for today, but thank you, my man. Thank Pleasure. Thank you for uh, good stuff. the conversation. Yeah. Woo. That episode was fantastic. And if you are digging yoga for your intellect and want to introduce this philosophy to your coworkers and your team, well, Joseph and I are down to come visit basically an in-person YFYI. Come visit with you and your team. In the same way that you might invite a yoga instructor for a team building event, we're willing to come to your office and talk to your team as well. We can do it over Zoom as well. It is, uh, it's whatever makes sense, but uh, we're even down to do it in person. And that is just in line with the mission of making this philosophy available and accessible to all those that seek it. Joseph and I would love to come talk with you and your team about Yoga for Your Intellect, and that really comes from my perspective of running businesses for the last 15 years, and just knowing, man, it was about 10 years ago, I was running a 50-person company, led to a trip to the ER, I was drinking seven cups of coffee a day to try to stay on top of everything, um, trip to the ER with a heart condition, Needless to say, it was a very, very stressful, extremely stressful time in life. And that business ultimately failed. And 10 years later, 
I sit here and, and get to have these conversations with with Joseph while running two companies and and a venture fund. Each day just feels like it's a hot knife through butter. I have not had a single day of stress in the last six, seven years of building multiple companies and, and multiple venture funds. It's truly remarkable, and I know that it's not me or the businesses that are different than 10 years ago, but it's my approach to each day and quite literally to the start to the day because every day starts with this philosophy for me. And we want to share it with your team. For me, it feels like an obligation of sorts and a loud siren saying that teams and companies around the globe need to hear this. So if you're interested, email us at, this is the key thing, email us at yoga for your intellect at gmail.com. That's yoga for your intellect at gmail.com. Use the email address in the show notes and we would love to come chat with you and your team.